Section 20 of My Strange Rescue. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. My Strange Rescue by James MacDonald Oxley. Section 20 Found After Many Days. E.D. E.D. rang out in a clear, strong voice from the door of a farmhouse, where stood a comely, brown-faced woman, shading her eyes with her right hand as she swept the sunny space around in search of her daughter. "'I'm coming, mother,' was the prompt response. And the next instant there appeared from behind the barn a little girl not more than eight years old, who looked the very picture of health and happiness. "'You know where your father's chopping today, don't you, Edie?' asked Mrs. Hazen, with a glance of affectionate pride at the sturdy little figure before her. "'Oh, yes, mother,' replied Edie, swinging around and pointing with her plump forefinger, stained by the juice of the raspberries she had just been picking, to the top of the hill that sloped upwards from the other side of the road. "'Father's over there, in the back pasture, near the blackberry patch.' "'That's right, pet.' said mrs hazen lifting up the bright face for a hearty kiss and now wouldn't you like to take him his dinner indeed i would cried edie dancing around and clapping her hands and may i stay with him until he comes home i suppose so if he wants you assented mrs hazen but in that case you must come in and have your own dinner first a half hour later with a well-filled basket on her arm and her mother's parting injunction not to loiter on the way in her ears, Edie set forth full of joy on her mission. "'She's a little thing to send so far,' mused the mother, following the retreating figure with eyes full of tender concern. "'But she does so love the woods, and seems to make her way through them like an Indian. With heart as light as any bird chirping by the wayside, Edie hastened through the gate, across the road between the lower bars of the pasture gate and then climbing the hill behind which lay the back pasture entered the bush in which her pink calico sunbonnet soon vanished from view mr hazen's farm stood on the very edge of civilization in the northern part of new brunswick the most of his acres he had cleared himself and he never lost an opportunity of hewing his way further and further into the mighty forest whose billows of birch pine and hemlock rolled away northward eastward and westward for uncounted leagues this day he was working at a bunch of timber a little beyond the eastern edge of the clearing called the back pasture as midday drew near he began to feel hungry and more than once paused in his work to go to the edge of the clearing to see if there were any signs of an approaching dinner i hope esther hasn't forgotten me today he thought after doing this for the third time to no result it's not like her to do it the great golden sun moved steadily on to the zenith and then inclined westward but still no messenger appeared bearing the needed refreshment Mr. Hazen felt strongly tempted to shoulder his axe and go home, but the day was so favourable to his work that after a good deal of grumbling at what he supposed to be his wife's neglect, 
he decided not to quit it so tightening his belt he grasped his axe anew and strove to forget his hunger in the ardor of his toil he did not however work as late as common that day for in addition to his hunger there grew upon him a feeling of uneasiness which at length became so disturbing that he could not endure it accordingly fully an hour before his usual time he shouldered his axe and strode off homeward saying to himself i hope nothing's gone wrong but i don't know what gives me such an apprehensive feeling when he approached the farmhouse he caught sight of his wife coming up the road that led to the nearest neighbor about half a mile away hurrying on to meet her he asked in a tone not altogether free from irritation at his needless fears why esther where have you been and where is edie i ran over to neighbor hewitt's for the paper mrs hazen responded but and her face filled with sudden alarm edie wasn't edie with you why no replied mr hazen while in his face was reflected the expression of his wife's i haven't seen her since breakfast not seen her repeated mrs hazen oh henry what has happened i sent her with your dinner just before midday and she asked me if she might stay with you until you came home mr hazen was a man prompt to action taking his wife's arm and fairly pushing her along the road he said there's not a moment to lose esther edie's lost her way and we must go after her without returning to the farmhouse they pressed up the hill and through the back pasture into the forest hither and thither they hunted now one now the other raising the echoes of the leafy fastness by calls of edie edie but getting no response save the cries of startled birds or the mocking chatter of a squirrel as night drew on mr hazen realized that a more organized effort was necessary and hastening home with harrowed hearts his wife got ready some food while he rode over to the hewitts to obtain assistance both mr hewitt and his eldest son returned with him they hurriedly snatched a meal and then provided with guns and lanterns set off to renew the search all that night they tramped through the gloom of the forest meeting from time to time to take counsel together and then separating to cover as much ground as possible but the day dawned without bringing any comforting news for the haggard woman who anxiously waited their return at the gate and when they came without her daughter sank down on the ground half fainting with uncontrollable grief as soon as possible the eager search was renewed and continued from day to day until at last even the heartbroken parents had to give up all hope and strove to resign themselves to the awful conviction that their darling edith their only one had met her death all alone in the depths of the great forest having either died of hunger and exposure or fallen a victim to the bears and wolves with which its solitudes abounded in the meantime how had it fared with edie who had gone forth so joyously to carry her father's dinner to him her intention at the start was certainly to make a straight course to her destination but the attention of little folks is easily attracted and in this instance just as she entered the edge of the forest and should have turned off to the left a saucy little squirrel challenged her on the right 
and in trying to get near him edie pushed further and further into the forest until presently she began to wonder if she had not lost her way at once losing interest in the squirrel she put down her basket to look about her with a pang of sharp dismay the child realized that she had lost her bearings and did not know which way to turn just at that moment her keen ear caught a sound that she immediately recognized it was the regular blows of an axe falling upon a tree trunk her face lit up and she clapped her hands for joy that's father chopping she exclaimed now i know which way to go and picking up her basket edie trotted off in what she took to be the direction from which the sound came on she trudged bravely for some distance hoping each minute to come upon her father until growing weary of her burden she put it down to rest a moment as she rested it seemed to her that the sound of chopping had grown fainter so much so indeed she could hardly make out which way it came to her ears oh dear she sighed where can father be i'll call for him and she made the place ring with shrill cries of father father where are you but they evoked no response and then more alarmed than ever edie picked up her basket again and pushed on with all her little strength unhappily every step increased the distance between mr hazen and herself for it was not the real sound of the chopping edie had followed but the echo and instead of making toward him she had been going in directly the opposite direction at the end of an hour she felt very tired and throwing herself down on a bank of moss at the foot of a forest monarch she gave way to the tears that hitherto she had resolutely restrained oh dear she said i'm lost i'm lost and however will father find me after the first passion of tears had passed edie began to be conscious of the pangs of hunger and the thought came that she might as well eat something out of the basket as she could not find her father to give it to him so she ate a little of the bread and meat and took a sup out of the bottle of milk and then feeling refreshed renewed her tramp first listening eagerly but in vain for the sound of her father's axe all that afternoon the lost child alternately walked and rested often crying softly to herself then drying her tears and seeking to take heart from the hope of yet finding her father before darkness came on she was a brave little thing accustomed to a good deal of outdoor life and to running through the woods but when night closed around her and the forest shade deepened into impenetrable gloom poor edie gave up the struggle and sank down in a mossy hollow shivering with terror yet so weary was she that presently she fell asleep and did not awake until dawn when though feeling very stiff and sore from the unwonted exertions of the day before she ate her breakfast out of the basket and renewed her progress the following day she wandered about only getting deeper and deeper into the forest her basket was empty before evening and she was fain to make her supper of the berries which fortunately were very plentiful they were not altogether satisfying but they were better than nothing another day passed the weather providentially continuing bright clear and warm 
and the little wanderer still kept on not knowing whither she was going that night strange things began to happen she was more wakeful than usual and as she lay at the foot of a tree she saw some large animals moving about in the dim light and her bosom thrilled with joy for she thought they must be her father's oxen so she called out buck bright come here but at the sound of her voice they started as if greatly frightened and at once dashed off through the woods at the top of their speed which showed her that they must have been moose such as her father sometimes shot the following night two great black shaggy dogs which she supposed must be neighbor hewitt's came near her but when she called them by their names they seemed more surprised than the moose for they stood up on their hind legs looked very hard at her for a few moments and then dropping down on all fours hastened away into the darkness again whereas edie thought she heard them howling in this however she must have been doubly mistaken what she took to be dogs were no doubt black bears then quite numerous in that district being attracted by the berries and the howling of course was done by wolves which luckily seemed afraid to attack her on the fourth afternoon edie by happy chance came across the deserted shanty of an early pioneer standing in the middle of a clearing that was thickly overgrown with raspberry bushes here she remained for three days feeding upon the berries during the daytime and sleeping in the shanty at night the nights were so warm that she needed no fire and inside the shanty she was safe from the attacks of bears or wolves it was dreadfully lonely yet still she hoped that her father would come and find her a whole week thus passed away edie had been given up for lost by her heartbroken parents and the neighbors who were assisting in the search had returned to their homes when a gentleman mr barker by name had an experience such as no sportsman surely ever had before he had been out on a hunting expedition for a fortnight and that day he came to the banks of bear creek he was preparing to cross on a fallen log almost spanning the stream when his keen ear caught the sound of soft footsteps accompanied by a continuous rustling movement in the thicket of the wild raspberries that covered the opposite bank at once with a tremor of delight he suspected the approach of a deer or possibly a bear and dropping behind a bush he levelled his rifle in readiness to fire the next moment as his eager eyes intently scanned the raspberry bushes his sportsman's feeling of delight suddenly changed to a thrill of horror when a tiny brown berry-stained hand was quietly raised to pull down a loaded branch of fruit well of all things cried the hunter as his finger fell from the trigger that had so nearly spent the bullet upon its fatal mission what an awful mistake i almost made throwing down his rifle he sprang across the log to catch in his arms a little girl not more than eight years old whose torn garments tangled locks soiled hands and thin pale face told in a glance the story of many days hapless wanderings oh how glad poor edie was to see him and how artlessly she told the story of her wonderful adventures 
and how thankful to providence the hunter was that he had chanced to find her ere it was too late forgetting all about his hunting her rescuer now applied himself to the task of getting her home they were far from the nearest house and the poor child was so weak from lack of proper food that he had to lift her up on his broad shoulders but mr barker was as strong as he was kind-hearted and he pushed resolutely on guiding himself by his compass until at last just as dusk was closing around them and he began to fear they would have to pass another night in the forest they came upon a clearing at the far side of which stood a neat log house edie shouted her joy at the sight it meant that all her perils were over and the hunter putting on a big spurt dashed across the clearing at a run and deposited her on the doorstep exclaiming in a tone of vast relief there now my child that's the end of your wanderings the good people of the house gave them both a warm welcome edie received every attention and the following morning looking altogether a different girl with dress mended hair neatly brushed hands free from berry stains and face radiant at the prospect of returning to her parents she took her seat in the farmer's wagon to be driven home how shall the joy of the hazens be described when the little daughter they had mourned for as dead came back to them looking thin and worn it is true but otherwise not a whit the worse for her thrilling experience mr barker watched them with brimming eyes murmuring as he fondly patted the stock of his remington the best day's work you ever did was when you didn't go off at all a lucky chance indeed end of section twenty